Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Junkies, welcome back to another Espresso Shots episode of T4C. If you're interested in breaking into human resources or maybe even recruiting or both, then this is the episode for you. Because my next guest is a talent development manager in the tech world with over a decade's worth of dirt under her fingernails experience in HR. But before I introduce you to Madeline Mann, the Wonder Woman of Wi-Fi High Fives on YouTube and TikTok, and as the founder of Self Made Millennial, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's time for Coffee's newsletter that showcases upcoming guests on T4C, as well as features career advice, insights, and inspiration. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org, and the sign-up box is right there. Now, my pour-over-people-loving Java junkies, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Madeline Mann, the founder of Self-Made Millennial and a human resources leader who has helped thousands of people land career-defining jobs and careers. Madeline's full-time gig at this time is something called the Talent Development Manager at Inspire, a clean energy tech company on a mission to transform the way people access clean energy and accelerate the world towards a net zero carbon future. Prior to joining Inspire in March of 2019, Madeline was the Director of People Operations at GemHQ, which has an all-in-one cryptocurrency platform bringing crypto enthusiasts, confidence, and delight in managing their digital assets. Before joining Gem, Madeline was a human resources specialist at Scopely, which is a leading games company, home to many top-grossing award-winning franchises, including Scrabble, Go, Marvel, Strike Force, Star Trek, Fleet Command, Looney Tunes, World of Mayhem, and on and on. We are going to be talking about how Madeline got into this industry in the first place in our main Time for Coffee interview. So please check out show notes for this episode if you're interested in learning more about that and what she actually does as a talent development manager at Inspire, as well as how she built her self-made millennial side hustle empire, which was named a top five career show on YouTube and a number two career-focused TikTok channel, second only to Gary V. Madeline, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? I am ready to go. I love it. Let's do it. Well, no tangerines here, my friend. 
It's <gasps> just Java. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I can do tangerines later. It's all right. Awesome. Do you and your hubby drink coffee around the house? Are you into nitro or pour overs or anything like that? So I love a good oat milk latte. Yum. And do you make that or do you have to actually venture outside to get one? I venture outside, not necessarily because I can't make one, but because it's just a nice excuse to get out. I'll use any, I'll use any excuse to get out these days. Yeah. You and me both, we should let our listeners know we're doing this interview literally like it is almost the end of March 2021. We're at March 30th. So let us dive into our 10 espresso shots, which we are focusing around the field of human resources and recruiting. The first espresso shot, Madeline, is what entry-level jobs are available to young people who want to break into this industry? The most common entry-level role in the human resources function would be a recruiting coordinator. That is someone who is coordinating all of the job interviews. Another one would also be a human resources coordinator. You can also see the title human resources associate, people operations associate. So anything around recruiting, human resources, people operations, and the word recording and the word coordinator or associate, that's typically what you're looking for. Perfect. And we should also probably let our listeners know, if they don't know this already, job titles are pretty much made up. Yep. No, that was something that I learned, Madeline, because I'm not in your field. And I think it's super confusing sometimes when young people are looking at job titles to try to translate them. Yeah. And I think that one of the things is people will focus first on the job title then on the type of company, then on the type of industry. And actually, job boards are designed for us to focus that way. It asks you just, what is your location? What's the job title? And we'll give you jobs. But actually, it's a bit better if you can focus on the general industry and then the types of companies you want to work at. And then the general, I call it the function, not necessarily the job title, but the function. And it's important to know the different you know titles because you have to search for those, of course. But I think you make a really good point in that it's not important that you get that if you want to be a recruiting coordinator, the only way you're going to have a really fulfilling career in recruiting is if you get that exact title. No, it could be something a little bit different. It could be something I have someone on my team called a community manager. It is a human resources role. And you're probably thinking, what the heck is a community manager? That can be so many different things. But yet it is in the human resources function. So that's another title that you can consider. But you're going to have to double check because it could mean that you're working in marketing or some sort of online community that's outward facing. Totally. In fact, I was thinking like one of my previous incarnations, if you were in the political world as a community organizer or in the advocacy world, you could also be a community organizer. So yeah, it's super confusing. And I think your advice to focus on industry, company, job function is a fantastic way to go. So next espresso shot, what are useful hard and soft skills that you look for, Madeline, in the young people you've hired over the years? Some skills that I see time and time again being very effective is, first of all, let's go back to recruiting. I think that recruiting is the lifeblood of a business. Anything that happens in a company is the result of 
recruiting great people. So it truly is that starting point. And so typically, there are a lot of opportunities for employees to come into the business and grow within the recruiting function. So if you have any skills in bringing people into an organization, um, holding info sessions for student organizations to bring people on, possibly interviewing them, or also another skill is onboarding. So thinking through the process of someone joining anything. This does not have to be that you have been paid for this work. It could be that you are in a fraternity or sorority and you help the new members to get everything they need, get all the information, get on the right calendars, really help to meet different members, help setting that up. That's all onboarding. And that's a huge part of human resources. And finally, I would say if you've ever worked with any sensitive information, you've had to organize things, you've had to record things, you've had to be very diligent with information, that is also a massive piece. So let's say you were the treasurer or you had to handle sensitive personal information, be it some some of their addresses or their finances or anything like that. Any components where you can point to, I can be trusted to keep information organized and confidential. That's huge. Love it. Love the way you painted that picture. If you had to just like spit out a laundry list of hard, soft skills, what would you say the story you just told would look like in bullet points? I would say that would be, I think, really being really organized, excellent communication skills, a lot of emotional intelligence. So really having that inquisitive nature to ask questions, understand, diagnose problems, could be interpersonal problems or anything with pertaining to someone's motivations. I would say then... If you know anything about data analytics, Excel, quantifying things, we we do work with quite a bit of people data. Then there's also any sort of just written expertise, really being able to write thoughtfully, objectively, that is huge. And then I would say, finally, a focus on really building out different employee experiences. So if you are good at thinking through different events or or moments to facilitate bonding among people, bringing those ideas to the table is really fruitful in the profession. Perfect. So like creativity. Absolutely. Yeah, my job is really creative. Excellent. What about someone's major? This is so often a sticking point where, and by that I mean where college students get stuck because they feel that, oh gosh, I didn't major in human resources or fill in the blank. Is there a particular major that would be a deciding factor, Madeline, for someone to get into human resources or recruiting? I would say that I would say that it really doesn't matter that much what your major is. I feel that if the human resources department is smart, they try to bring in people who see the world in different ways. And so you might be a communications major or you might be a software development major or anything like that, anything in between. I don't think it matters that much. I personally was a psychology major. And that is how I found the profession is I thought, what the heck do people do with a psychology major? And I found that a lot of people who are very interested in human behavior end up going into human resources because that's such a huge component of it. 
Excellent. Excellent. What about a graduate degree? I know you have one. And I guess this is a question less so for somebody who wants an entry-level position, Madeline, but maybe more so for someone who really wants to make it up into the C-suite. How important is it to have a grad school degree in order to succeed in your field? And if so, what are the most useful ones to have? Yeah, so I do. I do have a graduate degree of an MS in organizational psychology, and I think it definitely gave me a leg up. It propelled me forward. It gave me additional. It it kind of was an indicator that I had an advanced knowledge in certain areas. But especially in the technology field that I'm in, I found that education is becoming less and less of a make or break aspect of someone's application. I think it can be a nice check the box. And I do believe that at certain companies, especially as the companies get bigger, you literally need to check that box in order to move on to these, as you were saying, these higher levels of an organization. So it might become more apparent as you work your way up in your career that, wow, yeah, I I could really use a, a master's degree or an MBA right now. But I would say... I did something pretty risky, Andrea. I got my master's pretty soon after I went to college, which I think is a very, very risky move. Fortunately, it was the right move for me. It was the right career for me. But most people right out of college do not know what they want to do for their career. And so if you are thinking, oh, Madeline, she got a master's. I need to get a master's if I'm going to be it's successful in human resources. And then that ends up not being your career path, which is a very normal thing to do is to not take the career path, the first one that do out of college. That is a huge expense that you're now paying it off. You're also, you're now kind of overqualified for some roles. You have now a master's degree, but you are overeducated, underqualified, especially if you're, you're changing career paths. So I would say that definitely, I think a master's degree is something to look into, but look into it once you know that is the right, perfect next step for you. I think that is fantastic advice. And I know that you have spoken about this as well, especially for those listeners. If you're an undergrad right now or somebody who just graduated recently and you're still confused about what you want to do, do not get a grad degree. Do not spend that money. Keep looking and trying to get that real life job experience, that's what's going to open your eyes. That's what's going to be the the big clues as to what lights you up professionally. I couldn't agree more. What about life experiences, Madeline? You've already touched on some, like being in your fraternity and your sorority and getting involved in different activities, whether it be onboarding or whatnot. What do you think are the most useful life experiences, those we have outside the classroom that you think are the most useful for someone who's starting out in this field? I would say any time you have the ability to build a process, one that involves people, which is a lot of them, that is a really cool moment, case study to share with companies and get them interested in you. Such as, for example, I worked on the newspaper in college. And what I noticed is that we 
would bring new hires on or new writers, and they would have a very steep learning curve, learning how to write for a newspaper, understanding the deadlines, understanding what went into all that. We had attrition problems. We had issues with folks really like missing deadlines. And so I created a training both for when people become editors, how to be really effective editors, and then also for new writers of how to ramp up quickly. And what we found is that editors then started to have skills to manage their teams and uh, make sure that they were hitting the deadlines properly. And this did not involve threatening anyone or, or being too <laughs> passive. It was more of like every time someone was missing a deadline to just really articulate the process that they were impacting of, hey, because this is late, I'm going to have to do this, which is going to lead to this, which is going to lead to that. And that, that's why I'm asking for it right now. And just really getting people on their side. Anyways, so I built out this process. I also built out our ability to recruit more people because before it was just like a, a PowerPoint presentation where it just talked about, here's what you'll do with the paper versus here's why you want to work at this paper. And, and I put all those things together, put it all in a binder, showed companies, I had no HR experience, but I showed them all of my binder full of materials I put together and processes. And that was HR experience. That helped me get my first HR role. I love that example for so many reasons, not the least of which it is yet another example, my friends, about how where you spend your extracurricular time, your free time is often the breadcrumbs that you need to follow into your professional life. Because without realizing it, what Madeline was focusing on as managing editor of the UC San Diego Guardian newspaper, outside of her other editing, copy editing, whatnot, staff management, she was really excited about the people piece. Yeah. So big clue, big light bulb moment. Madeline, what is the best part for you of being in human resources? What I love about the profession is that you really are focused strategically on how to make a company the highlight of someone's career. And I absolutely love building out exactly as I said before, learning experiences. So how can I notice something that needs to be changed, behavior change? People are not having effective meetings. Okay. That is a really interesting people problem. How can I not just bark out, hey, everyone, follow these five steps in meetings and be better at them? No, how do you actually get humans to change their behaviors on their own? I think those are really interesting problems to solve. And that's what's been so fun about my job. So the flip side, because every job, no matter how much we love it, has aspects that suck. So what is the part of your current job, Madeline, as talent development manager at Inspire that sucks the most? I think that when you work in human resources, you are the scapegoat. You are the department everyone blames everything on. I mean, I, I help people with their job search and I see so many comments and posts of, oh, HR never got back to me. HR, you know, froze this role. HR really doesn't know what they're saying when they create these job descriptions. And the truth is, none of that was HR. That was actually the hiring manager who they have approved that job description. So that's why it's written, wrote, written. The hiring manager is the one who is the one who approves whether or not you go on to the next round, it's not HR. Anyways, but 
so, but we just get blamed for everything because it's easier because then it, and, and you kind of take the bullet for the, the department so that they can save face with their teams and their candidates. And so it, it's totally cool. And I have a thick skin, but it is tough sometimes to always be that punching bag. Totally relate to that. Three final espresso shots. What is the best career advice you've ever gotten, Madeline? I have gotten so much great career advice. I would say one of the biggest things was I really, especially early in my career, I would sit and I would listen and I would do exactly as I was told, just like in in school. I was always such a good student, take good notes and all that stuff. And I remember getting into the workforce and being told that I was not only an average performer, but some of the areas I was performing were below average. And I thought, how is that even possible? If you gave me a rubric for this job, I would have checked off every single thing, no problem. But with life, there is no rubric. It's not that if you do the minimum, then you get an A. It's, it's more that we want to see you thriving. We want to see you coming up with new ideas. We want to see you asking questions. We want to see you getting in there and mixing with people. Whereas I was more of like a sideline stander and I'll kind of be patient and wait for information to come to me. And so I think that, that was such a huge mindset shift because truly, I think school teaches us the wrong behaviors that are completely opposite of what works in the workforce. Really just finding our passion, finding what ways that we can add a lot of value into an organization, asking lots of questions. I used to think that asking questions was a sign of weakness. No, actually, it's a huge sign of strength. And, and so really not being afraid to say, Hey, I'm not, I'm not sure what that acronym means. Or could you tell me more about how this process works? Send this memo. Could you give me a bit of context about who this is going to? And that those types of context questions will help you to go so much farther and so much faster in your career because you really understand the big picture versus, okay, I'm just going to do exactly what I'm told, follow the rubric. You have put your finger on like the secret sauce right there for how to level up super fast, like basically fast track your performance on the job. And One of the things you mentioned, Madeline, the whole bit about being reluctant to ask questions and kind of standing back and listening. Holy cow, have you made it? 180, haven't you? Right? Yeah, it's funny. It's funny to talk about being a low performer. And then, but that was what was one of the important things about really listening to my strengths, my values and finding a role that was in demand, like really understanding those three things and finding the right fit for me. I think sometimes we think if we are a flower that's growing, we often think, oh, we need to fix the flower. The flower is a bad performer. But sometimes you just need to repot it in a different garden. Oh, you always need to fix the flower, fix the garden. And so that's really what it's all about. If you notice yourself underperforming in a job, you are likely in the wrong job. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. Two final espresso shots. What movies, if any, or Netflix, Amazon, Hulu streaming shows or books, Madeline, do you think accurately depict your profession? (laughs) I think there's so many different versions of human resources. You have Toby from The Office 
who <laughs> is that perfect, beautiful punching bag. You know, there's that and it's the dry version and whatnot. I think there's the movie Step Brothers where they have like the quote HR lady named Pam. And oh my gosh, it's one of my favorite scenes in the world. I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't know that I've seen, I don't know that I've seen my role depicted in television or movies in a way that truly encapsulates the complexity of what I do and the, 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 as you said earlier, the creativity. I think that, I think that HR is a hilarious trope. And I know even in Kimmy Schmidt, the, one of the main characters goes up to the front desk of a company says, I would like to speak to Linda from HR. And, and he's never been to this company before. And she goes, which Linda? And he says, all of them. <laughs> it's like eight Lindas, like all just all in HR. And I, I just, I love it. I love HR being depicted in, in it because it's just always so funny. But it, it truly, there's so many different aspects of it. I feel like it's just shown that one aspect of we're the, we're the rule followers, we're the rule enforcers, we're the Lindas, you know? <laughs> so I, I, I'm excited to see maybe an, a, new, a new age of HR on TV. Well, you are the new age of HR on TV. It's just streaming TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. You're right. <laughs> okay, final espresso shot. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about human resources? I think one of the things is that you actually get to learn, I would argue more about the business than most other positions in a company. People often think that that human resources is kind of on its own island. Whereas really, especially if you're working in something like the recruiting function, you are studying what each job does and how it fits into the organization and what it means for that job to be successful. I mean, what an incredible crash course on organizational design and how a company functions. I, I imagine you could ask someone in the graphic design department to describe you know, what people do across the, uh, the entire organization. It'd be very tough for them. But you ask someone who resources, boom, boom, boom. You, you know all the intricacies. And you also kind of know the tea. Like you know what's going on behind the scenes. Even at a junior level, you get to hear what are the true is going up within organization. And it's helped me with my side business to be a better business owner because I, I know what goes into making the sausage. Oh my God, that is so fascinating. Can you give us one example of how it's made you a better business woman? I would say that bringing people on, bringing people on into the company and making sure that every job is very defined and ties back to the company objectives and metrics that actually push revenue. That is something that especially, you know, I've coached many hiring managers. It's very difficult for them to do. They just want to say, I have too much work. I just want to bring, bring someone on. And they're like, you know, they kind of keep everything vague. And I think that with kind of this background, you understand, you know, these processes, these definition, you go slow now, so you can go fast later. And that has really helped me to be a better business owner, because I think through, all right, also, am I conveying vision to them? Am I conveying the, the high level goals? And am I making every single person a business owner themselves so that they understand the full context of their work? So yeah, once you see the big picture, you realize, okay, let's, let's raise our head up out of this work and focus on the big picture. 
fantastic. Madeline is the self-made millennial. She's got her side hustle empire. You gotta check it out on YouTube, TikTok. She's also posting regularly on LinkedIn. And you definitely want to check out her resume revamp masterclass. You can find it at Madeline Mann. That's man with two ends.com. Madeline, thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and the T4C community. This was just wonderful. This has been my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.